please give the church's greetings to those that could not come, especially the shut-in and the sick. Before we open God's word, let's bow. O thou Holy One, O Lord, thou hast said in thy holy word that thou wilt look to that man that trembles at thy word. And here again thy word is to be proclaimed this afternoon, and thy word which is no respecter of person. It goes for the speaker, also for the hearer. And the gospel has been committed unto us and won to us if we don't declare it by word and by deed. We humbly ask thy, breath, thy blessing upon thy holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Romans chapter 12. In the previous chapter, <clears throat> Paul writes, Oh, the depth of the richest both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. And then we read in chapter 12, practical advice. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophesy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorted an exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, Business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. 
Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, said the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And there is much evil in this world. The apostle in the previous chapter extols the wisdom, the wisdom of God and the glory of it and the things that we are called to, the promises that are so great and precious. Why would he then have to say, I beseech you, like is to say, I beg you, brethren, I beg you to be part of that. Is it because we are so hard to, to, to reply, to answer to such a great invitation? You know, the gospel, which is good news, good news, but how many are willing really to accept it? And how many say they accept it, but don't do what the gospel says? So he beseeches the brother, by the mercies of God, you know, because God is so merciful, shouldn't we be thankful? Shouldn't we be responding to his invitation? He says, your bodies, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's only reasonable that we live now unto him. And the more I look at it and the more I have dealings with people with problems and I'm aware of it, it amazes me at the wisdom of God. You know, our graduate from Sunday schools, you're bombarded with so many things in this world which seems to be smart, which seems to be in, which has an appearance of wisdom. But really, true wisdom is in Christ Jesus. The wisdom of God that allows us to live fulfilled lives even in the worst of circumstances and provides the needed strength and direction to live under those circumstances. Yes, it's easy to be a Christian in acceptable times and have the name and float along, but when difficult times come, how you deal with them? What kind of hope, what kind of uh, advice and promise can those give that deny God? If you should have a terminal illness, 
What advice can they give you? Drug you up so you don't feel so much the pain. And then what? When you have in calamity strikes, you know, somebody that you really care for passes away, what comfort have they got for you? Look, look to those that not only say but live the gospel and see how blessed their lives are, regardless of what circumstances they find themselves in. You know, some of our brethren, they spend years in prison. And in those prisons, they were also political prisoners. But what comfort and hope did they have? Because they disagreed with others of a different views, and they were put in there and then hoping that things would turn around and, and maybe again they get out and get the upper hand. The wisdom, the God's wisdom for us to live a fulfilled life, you, know, you just can see it. And I would advise the young people, look at the experience of those that have gone before and the life they had. And there, are many, there are more and more records now of it. You know. True records. See the wisdom of God, how to live. Don't just ignore those experiences. Don't ignore the things that you have heard here, although you may not fully understand or, or even accept them, but don't forget them. Don't forget them. When you are in trouble, I hope you pray you will remember it. But why should it come to even to trouble? Why should it come to having to experience some of those things and then turn around like the prodigal son? Thanks be to God, some turn around, but some have heavy scars. <clears throat> be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, first it comes with knowing what the will of God is. The scripture tells us. The scripture tells us all you need to know. And by the scripture, we judge any other book that is written. It may have good advice, but it needs to be judged by the word of God. Because only the word of God is 100%. All the others may be good advice, maybe good opinion, but it has to be judged by the word of God. And never forget that. Because once you put more emphasis upon those other things that are written, you're slowly going to drift away from the real truth, which is only one, the Word of God. So we first by doing, but then by considering it and examining it, and that's a, a mental activity. It's a decision of the mind to acknowledge, say, yes, this is true, this is good. And I dare say most of us that have heard again and again the Word of God can acknowledge what is true and right, but then it comes also to doing it. To doing it. And that's where we are warned that we should not be conformed to this world. And there are so many ways that we can be conformed to this world because we constantly rub elbows with the world. At work, those that are at work, and there are opportunities to be honest, to be dishonest, in charging the, the cost for the service, 
in providing service, even when you work for an employer and on your own salary, you can, as the Bible says, to, to work for him as unto the Lord, which the Lord wants, or you can sort of float minimally along. And that also is, is conforming to the world. Now, get, what can you get away with? And even raising children, there's so many things that they are exposed to, things that come into our house, that we get used to it, and it doesn't seem to be as evil anymore. Some of the things that now are flaunted so openly, it was a shame even to speak of those things but they're being flounded to us, and they come into our houses. They come in our houses in different ways, over the internet, over TV, over magazines, free magazines that are being dropped off. You know, and it's, it's the responsibility, I believe, of the parents, especially when they're small children, to see what comes in. And if it's not right, if it's not appropriate, throw it in the garbage right away. It shouldn't lie even around shouldn't even lie around. But even school can be a way, and is usually a way, a very effective way of the adversary to to make inroads into a family. Some (coughs) do homeschooling because they are really concerned what exposure they have. Others go public school. (coughs) But how much you are involved in seeing what goes on and knowing what goes on and standing up for it can make a big difference to your children, can make a big difference. In the things that they also get involved in, and I, for one, speak out against participating in organized sports. You know, it's so cute, and we remember, too, when our children were small and the neighbors, they joined football leagues. The little guys hardly started school already, you know, and we didn't go along with it. You know what happens? especially if they happen to be good at it. If they happen to be good at it and, and you know, they want, they are told, the pressure is put on. And then you find soon that there are going to be competitions. Oh, they're going to be, you know, when? Not during the week, during school time. On a weekend, on a Sunday, they're going to be. You know, and once they are good at it, once they are bigger, it's going to be very hard to tell them, no, you can't go. You're conforming to the world again. You're participating in those things. You're going to hear and do things which they should not hear and do things. So this is another avenue where, where there's been with a lot of pressure on the family, especially family with, with small children. And, you know, once they are bigger, it's so hard to tell them no. Or things that get involved with. You should know where you, what friends they make. And our attitude was usually bring them to the house. we rather have them at our house and see what goes on than going to the neighbors. They are your responsibility. And you can be a much better influence on others in your place. When it speaks about conforming the world... And then shortly after that, it says, For we are many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. That's where our, our center 
of social life should be. That's where most of our interaction should be, in the body of Christ. When we know what's appropriate, where we know what's appropriate, where we are accountable, and where, by the grace of God, we have a say. And this, I believe, the children should learn early, that our center is around the church. Yes, there's a family nucleus, but then the wider interaction is the church family. The church family. And those that grow up belonging in a church family, I believe they are much more exposed to the word and have much more opportunity to hear what's right and to turn to the truth. And in this time that we live in, those that have been long around, I count myself now also of the older ones, we see how the world is growing less and less decent. I don't know how else to say it. And it's so much more and more important that we know where our children are and what they participate in. And they can be involved in church in many things, even if they are not members. There are things that they can do and can be asked and taught to do to be part of it. That they find themselves in the right place in due time. When the Lord convicts them, they know where to turn. They don't have to reacquaint. <clears throat> and charges in... For us, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. And here are now the things that, <clears throat> things that are done, how we function in the body. Whether having gifts different according to the grace that's given to us, whether prophesy, let us prophesy according to proportion of faith. What we speak of the word, we better have the conviction of it. That it doesn't become empty words. If we cannot say the conviction, we better don't say it. Because sooner or later it will come out. You cannot tell somebody to, to prophesy, I mean, to speak the word of God for edification and have a hidden opinion contrary to what you are saying. You cannot. It's sooner or later without. That's why somebody said once that your worldview, how you look at things, how your outlook, how you look at things, your faith, says is sooner or later going to be tested at your kitchen table. Your own children are going to see whether you, what you say you actually believe, you're convicted that that's what it is. We better speak with conviction, and if you cannot, don't say it. <clears throat> According to the proportion, proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. And here, ministry, I would understand, is service. So. And it says, let's wait on it, or he'd exhort and so forth. It says, really mean it. Do it as you mean it. Don't do it minimally. Just, oh, you're getting by. You know, like we used to, <clears throat> some say at school, no, the study is just enough to get by, to get that mark that you get by. No. Do it as unto the Lord. How would you do it unto the Lord? Would he be satisfied with getting by with minimally? No. 
Is your heart in it to do it as unto the Lord? Exhortation, or he that giveth, let it do it with simplicity, you know, not with great fanfare, but a simpler way. There is a way of giving that it makes it for the receiver much easier to accept. And from what I have seen, those that give often, they find it the hardest to accept. And this morning we heard it, that it takes grace to also accept things, to make known when there is a need, a need, not a want, a need. We owe each other to help with needs, not with wants. Oh, we can give above it, but we owe it to help each other with needs. Or he that ruleth with diligence, no? he that ruleth, I mean, know what was going on. Be involved. You cannot do things at distance, to rule at distance. By edicts, by letters, no. You've got to be here. You've got to know what goes on. And if you expect the leaders to be here and to know what goes on, then you also, that goes for you to be here. I find it disappointing sometimes when a group of us goes somewhere because of an event and we hear, oh, there were so few people, were fewer than there could have been here. Did others decide because the rest is not here uh, that we, it's not important for me to be here either? The first requirement is to be here. That's the minimal. Anything else is wanting. If you can be here and choose not to be here, it's wanting. It's wanting. It says, we have different gifts. Not everybody has the same gifts. And you yourself are a gift to the church. Let it be a gift for a good example, not a gift for a poor example. You're going to be an example. You're a gift. Be kindly, affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. You know, some find it so much easier to express their care and love. It seems that some, they have that empathy that people are just drawn to it naturally. Others, perhaps I among them, don't have that and need to make an effort. Some of us, they they just flourish, bloom when there's a big company. Others, they rather be in a small company. But whatever, whatever, Make an effort. Make an effort. And then it goes some advice of how really we should deal, especially with those that are out. We would hope that these things that are said toward the end of this chapter are not meant to... uh, to be something in the fellowship. When it says here, recompense to no man evil for evil, providing things honest in the sight of all men. 
if it be possible, as much as light in you, live peaceably with all men. We would hope that this applies mainly to our dealings with the world outside. We should not expect something like this in the fellowship. From the world, Jesus Christ said, you're going to have tribulation in the world, but in me you have peace. To be here should be a refuge, a peace. And it's, it's sad if, if people don't feel that they should be here, that they have to go quickly somewhere else. Are we going to expect to meet each other in the hereafter? We better get used here. Somebody once said, to walk with saints above is glory, but to walk with them here below is another story. So let's consider things, the, per, the eternal perspective in the decisions that we make, even if we don't feel like it. Our natural inclination is going to be to be drawn to the things of this world. That's going to be natural, not to support or not to give in to that, but to give in to that which is right. To, by faith, believing, by being convinced and convicted that it is the right thing to do, and then to actually do it. To actually do it. And, and nowadays, when there is no open persecution, so to speak. No, it's so much easier to say things. But it counts that we do it. It counts that we do it. That our word be our word, though we don't swear. But too often promises are being made lightly. We should be able to say, Lord willing, I will do this. But on our part, we should be fully persuaded that we are going to try our best to do it. And that's if everybody would do their responsibility like that, the responsibility they are charged with to do certain things, it would be much easier and peaceful. Well, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, it's all there all the good advice for practical living, functioning in the church and also functioning with those that we have to deal with in the world. May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. I thank God that we are still allowed to proclaim the word of God freely from this pulpit. If you observe the news you will realize there may come a time when this is not possible. Now, I have seen the world, how it started out of compassion to allow certain things, because that was the word, compassion. Then it became a right. Now we are at the stage where the truth will not be tolerated. You see more and more things in the news about being narrow-minded, being 
judgmental, being homophobic. It, uh, in the guise of being tolerant to everything except the true Christian view, the word of God, the truth. And Christ predicted it, that truth is going to divide and it's going to divide. And the time may be soon here when we are not free to speak the truth. Now, we spoke the truth mostly about the letters addressed to to members in the church, but the, the friends who have not made a covenant yet with the Lord, they benefit from it too, because you will realize the things that the Word says, you cannot do it. Try as you may. And that's good. It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance and will lead you to the cross. And then, when God accepts you, not just you accept God, you know, and he gives you the power, as we read in John, to become the sons of God. Power. But the power that we should live, and it should be evident. It should be evident to the world, so that those that are seeking may find the truth, and it's my prayer, may find it here, especially our children and children's children. To God be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes the service.